and welcome to Mike Bites, episode 155. I'm Elaine Giles and I'm here with my co-host Mike Thomas. In this episode, we're discussing toys of an adult nature while riding the Wacky Backy Wave. Before we start, though, we need to explain this journey. It's been our tradition in the last few years to record a review of the year. But at the end of 2020, we felt you'd need therapy to want to relive that year so soon. However, with 12 months to get over the full horror that 2020 brought with it, we thought the time was right to revisit the tech side of 2020 with the long-awaited MacBytes Review of the Year. Here with part one of that review, covering the tech trials of 2020, quarter one. So, January 2020. What better way to start the Apple year? The Apple stock sets a new all-time high. They reached a closing price of $300, and that followed the New Year's holiday. Money talk, and we're still weeks away from the first earnings call of the year. Well, they do say the price of shares can go down as well as up. That doesn't seem to apply to Apple. Then it was on to After Hours 57. If you thought the last one ended badly, this one ended even worse. Yes, we were back after the show that we won't mention the end of the week before. It was rudely curtailed by YouTube. But Horror of Horrors 57 ended even worse than the last one. Seriously, YouTube had the temerity to unceremoniously cut me off in mid-flow. Just as I was eulogising about Notion, I was not pleased. But within days, we were back with MacBytes 123, Jane's Space Race and the three-foot Toblerone. Jane was looking to optimise her storage, while Mike was looking to optimise his consumption of a three-foot Toblerone. Yes, how do you eat a three-foot Toblerone? One triangle at a time. And then before we knew it, we were on to CES Silly Season. It started with Samsung demonstrating a rotating TV. It's either Ciro or Cero TV. It's a Korean word that means vertical and is aimed at millennials who consume more vertical video than most. Enough to tempt us to buy a TV at long last? Of course not. Don't be silly. That reminds me of the UK TV sports quiz at Question of Sport, which we were lucky enough to go and see recorded a couple of times. In one of the rounds, participants would have to guess the name of a sports star from a picture, which was often taken at a strange angle, and they would often have to turn their head 90 degrees, which is exactly what I'm doing whilst recording. A rotating TV really could have saved their neck muscles. Oh, I remember going to see them recording that live. We lucked out that day because Steve Bruce was on the panel. Oh, happy days. But I must tear myself away from remembering those happy days as we address Apple's plans to switch to randomised serial numbers. Hmm. The current system links a serial number to a production location. This new system was intended to be more stealthy. Originally planned to be rolled out in late 2020, but it slipped to 2021 due to COVID. It was claimed to be to prevent fraud, but it makes it harder for users to get product information that Apple chooses to hide. Bit of a strange one, this, I thought. Whatever. Why do I care? And then we were back to CES. This was because Apple were returning to CES for the first time in 28 years. Was it a triumph? Was there new tech toys? Was it exciting? In short, 
No, it was a brief appearance at a panel discussion dedicated to privacy. Given Apple's Siri recordings issue, the running with privacy-related issues, if you recall, the presence of representatives from Facebook sat next to Apple felt like the fox being left in charge of the hen house. So a case of move along, nothing to see. However, CES never disappoints, does it? Oh, no. If you missed the news last year, how could you? It was one of the stories of the year in 2019. Laura DiCarlo, a designer of Toys of an Adult Nature, won a Consumer Technology Association Award for the latest invention, Aussie. Don't ask. Seriously, don't ask. Don't even Google it. It won't end well. Anyway, as soon as that award had been made, it was unceremoniously withdrawn with the Consumer Technology Association, CTA, declaring the product to be, and I quote, immoral, obscene and indecent. Hmm. Fair enough, you might think. It's their award and it's their decision. But just a minute. Weren't the potential winning product reviewed in some way? What did they think it was? An electric tea stirrer? The deformed banana with a buzzing disorder? Or a possessed protein shaker? I do hope all of this is coming back to you. It actually tells you more about the lack of due diligence in the CTA Awards investigation process than it does about the morality of the actual product. Can a product have a morality? Oh, I'm getting all philosophical now. However, if as much effort went into finding a cure for cancer as goes into creating products of a pleasure-inducing nature, cancer would be consigned to the annals of history. Needless to say, an online campaign demanded the award be returned, and so it was all laid to rest eventually, amicably. Why are we looking back to that story? Well, at CES 2020, they were back with two new toys of an adult nature. Onda and Backy. Yes, as in Wacky Backy. We won't spoil the surprise by describing these new toys. Check out the photos. Links in the show notes. You won't be disappointed. Toys of an adult nature now have their own category of the health and wellness classification. Brace yourselves. Sex tech. Yes, our eyes are rolling. And it did get worse. Laurie DiCarlo stated in a press release, giving people ownership of their pleasure can lead to gender equity and empowerment far beyond the bedroom. Ownership of their pleasure. My eyeballs are rolling that fast. I'm in grave danger of having a speeding ticket slapped on them. <clears throat> Shall we move swiftly along, Mike? Health and wellness is actually a big thing at work. There's even a workplace group and a Wednesday wellbeing tag. But I don't think it's anything to do with toys of an adult nature. Oh, I sincerely hope not. Oh, no. In Mad Bites After Hours 58, though, it may well have been that Lola was influenced by all of this. She took centre stage with her newly acquired yoga skills. This was a lovely mat that she's got halfway up the stairs. And the positions she can get into on this mat are quite alarming. Now, while January and February are traditionally bereft of new Apple toys, this year Apple managed a release. It was the rack-mounted Mac Pro. It launched on January 14th for a cool $6,499. 
And that's just the starting point. The maxed out spec is $54,000. Not that I need that power. I can do everything I need to do with my good old iMac. Well, I would say I could. But I think I'd rather do it without the fans on the iMac turning into Concord, which sadly it does on a regular basis. Anyway, rather than worry about the state of the fans on my iMac, no, Apple decided to do something wholly different. And they bought the rights to the Beastie Boys story, a documentary by Spike Johns. Really? Yes, really. The documentary comes ahead of the 26th anniversary of the release of the band's fourth album. It's described as a live documentary experience that focuses on the history and legacy of the group and its personal story. Don't you hanker for the days when Apple concentrated on what matters to us most? The tech. I know I do. Also, you know something's going to be particularly bad when it's described as an experience. All I remember about the Beastie Boys is the VW badges. One of the band members had a VW badge hanging around his neck, and that started a worldwide craze of people stealing badges of VW cars and doing the same. Reuters then had a story about Apple abandoning plans for end-to-end -end iCloud encryption two years ago. Why? The FBI objected. Got us thinking, shouldn't all data have end-to-end -end encryption? Another day, another Apple privacy controversy. Indeed, if it's not that, it'll be something else, though. Then we had a fabulous After Hours. Uh, episode 60, Magic Glue. But the fantastic thing was what we unboxed. Yes, we had a fabulous unboxing. It definitely wasn't for me. It was for Mike. It was a set of bags for Henry. If you're wondering who Henry is, Henry's the vacuum cleaner. I think we got the boxes mixed up, but still, Mike was happy. Just before the end of January, Apple managed to squeeze in a slew of updates for their reported 1.5 billion active devices worldwide. In true Mike's style, I think I managed to avoid all of those updates. To be honest, these days, that's probably very wise. But January wouldn't be complete, would it? No, not without the Apple earnings call. First one of the year. All together now. A best quarter ever. They proudly proclaimed iPhone wearables and service drive all-time record revenue and earnings. Timmy was somewhat giddy, according to the quotes from him. We're excited about our pipeline. We're excited about AR because of its appeal to both businesses and consumers. Hmm, wearables. I'll leave that one there for the moment. But January didn't finish on a money high. No, it finished on a money low. Apple were ordered to pay Caltech $838 million for infringing on Wi-Fi intellectual property of theirs. Guessing Timmy wasn't quite so happy about having to fork out that amount. Still, with more money than God, Timmy probably didn't even notice. Another day, another fine. And so, on to February, where we started the month with Let There Be Light. Oh, if you missed this episode of After Hours, it was a total classic. It was a dirty hack of mine, enabling me to set up multiple smart bulbs without leaving the comfort of the office. And I think from memory, the device in question was about £5. Worth every penny. I'll put a link in the show notes. Then 
Apple's China operation had to shut down. It was the first impact. Sorry about this. It's going to, it's, this is going to come up quite a lot in our review of the year 2020 shows. It was the first impact of COVID-19 and Apple chose to completely shut down their store for eight days. In fact, it wasn't just the stores. It was the stores, the corporate offices, contact centres, you name it. They figured at this stage eight days would do it. <clears throat> I think we all know where that ended. Anyway, Apple then decided to get heavy handed. They announced a new independent repair programme in the summer of 2019. The idea was it provides independent repair businesses with the genuine Apple parts, tools, repair manuals and training they need to repair Apple Kit. Was this out of the goodness of Apple's heart? Don't be ridiculous. The change came amid the right to repair laws being proposed in multiple states. Apple has lobbied hard against the right to repair laws. The issue? Well, they would require Apple to provide parts, manuals and more to allow repairs to be done by any repair shop. Hence, Apple decided to get ahead of those laws with its own programme. So far, so good. To participate in the independent repair provider programme, though, repair shops need to sign a contract. The contract? It's highly invasive and has been described as crazy by lawyers and those supporting the right to repair. Here's just a few elements of it. Participants need to agree to unannounced audits and inspections by Apple to determine if they're using prohibited repair components, punishable by hefty fines. These unannounced audits and inspections would be allowed to continue even after the repair company had left the programme, for five years after they've left the programme. They would also need to share information about their customers with Apple, including names, phone numbers and home addresses. <laughs> well, that won't wash in Europe and the UK, given GDPR. The customers must sign an acknowledgement that they understand that they're not receiving repairs from an Apple authorised shop and that Apple won't warranty the repairs. And Apple? They refuse to comment. About time they rewatched the iconic Super Bowl ad. They've become a parody of themselves. They were also on the back foot when they were fined, yes, again, 25 million euros by a French consumer fraud group for intentionally slowing down iPhone models with a software update. This harks all the way back to 2017. And there's a quote from the Directorate General for Competition Consumption and the Suppression of Fraud. A catchy name. These updates released during 2017 included a dynamic power management device which under certain conditions, and especially when the batteries were old, could slow down the functioning of the iPhone 6, the SE models and the 7. This was in addition to the $500 million that Apple will pay in March to settle a class action in the US. Another €25 million Euros that Timmy won't miss. Oh, and look at this. On the 11th of February 2020, <clears throat> MacBytes 124 was released. The drive to subscribe while doing the icon dance. Why do I mention this? That was the review of the year for 2019 that arrived in February. While that might sound somewhat tardy, obviously the 2020 review of the year didn't make it until <clears throat> December 2021. So, you know, slowly, slowly. Then news broke that Apple were on course to sell 100 million hearables in 2020. Hearables. We do believe that's headphones to the rest of us. 
Why the need to make up words? Slophy never caught on, did it now? I forgot all about Slophy. Easily done, given that Apple mentioned it and then nobody else in the entire world ever did. Sad but true. Oh, and talking of subscriptions, the subscriptions continued apace. This time it was photo editing app Darkroom. The initial price is $3.99 a month or $19.99 a year. The Darkroom subscription rollout came with two differences from other subscription apps, though. First, existing users are grandfathered and have access to all premium features for free. Second, there is an outright purchase price of $49.99 for the subscription averse out there. The outright purchase price works out only fractionally more than 12 months subscription at the full monthly price. So, good idea? Or the good, the bad and the ugly? Oh, we don't like subscriptions, but what can we do? We're bombarded with them. Microsoft took a totally different approach here. After a beta programme, they released a new integrated Office app. It's a strange concept. It's an app that contains Word, Excel and PowerPoint in a single app. Why? All the Office apps are still available for individual download. So why have two ways of accessing Office on iOS? Well, Microsoft's probably looking to the future and a more integrated way of working task-based focus rather than app-based focus. It developed nicely over the year by adding scanning and some other integrated features, but I don't think it's ready to completely replace the entire range of individual apps. Also, it's missing Outlook and OneNote. So, nice try. Uh, some way to go. Yeah, that's another one that I forgot about. I just have the main apps installed and use those. I guess one of the benefits back in February 2020 was that you couldn't have side to side view in the Microsoft apps. But because this all in one app is a completely separate app from Word, PowerPoint and Excel, you could put this app side by side with one of the other Office apps and fake it. Dirty hack time, fake it till you make it. And then a milestone. The 23rd of February would have marked Steve Jobs 65th birthday. Always a pleasure to look back at the breathtaking presentation Steve made. And to say that Apple is not the same without him is a complete understatement. Now, I'm sure Steve would have come on the show, so it's over to you, Timmy. Well, I keep trying, but for some inexplicable reason, he doesn't seem overly keen. I'll remind you of something else now that, you know, with, with suitable treatment, you've probably forgotten. Bangkok's second Apple store was nearing completion. We saw some beautiful photographs of the final design. <clears throat> we looked on them in abject horror. To be more specific, it was the wide open staircase that left us virtually speechless. What you mean is shots of an adult nature. We have an open staircase at work, but we've all been on our diversity training, so the thought wouldn't even cross our minds. It just should never, ever be built. Ever end of. Now, as we're heading towards the end of February 2020, the word COVID is going to be used quite a lot. But at this stage, 27th of February 2020, mark your diaries. Apple stores the world over were facing working with ever-involving restrictions. Speaking in Birmingham, oh, that's Alabama, not the West Midlands. Timmy shared his thoughts regarding COVID-19. And I quote, it feels to me that China is getting the coronavirus under control. 
When you look at the numbers, they're coming down day by day by day. So I'm very optimistic here. <laughs> well, with the benefit of 2020 hindsight, safe to say he wasn't exactly on the ball there, was he? This was the very same day that Facebook cancelled their developer conference scheduled for early May, showing a little more foresight than Timmy there, Hazuk. And we ended February on a personal high because we had the Affinity 1.8 app updates arrive. Less than 24 hours notice for me to include them in the show. That would be after hour 65. But by some miracle, I managed it. And the updates themselves were fabulous. And so on to March. In hindsight, this story is even more impactful. But the story in question is the fact that iPhone camera module supplier LG Inatech closed one of their factories after a single worker tested positive for coronavirus. The factory in question was in Gumi, South Korea. They expected to be closed for one day for deep cleaning. And other reports that came out on the same day suggested iPhone production would not significantly improve until the second quarter of 2020. Obviously, we all know now that the launch of the iPhone 12 was delayed. But it's fascinating to look back at these reports and see how people considered COVID to be nothing more than a slight and very, very temporary inconvenience in their lives. Mm, big changes coming with that one then. Then there was the announcement of a Bluetooth-enabled oil diffuser. I'll say that again. A Bluetooth-enabled oil diffuser. You can control it with your iPhone. The diffuser transforms essential oils into a light, fragrant mist to permeate your home with a pleasant scent. $20 for a starter kit. Did we dash out and purchase that? I think you know the answer to that by the tone of my voice. A resounding no to that one. Why? Oh, seriously, this is the use of technology in ways that's just ridiculous. Let's improve the world. No, no, let's create a Bluetooth enabled oil diffuser. Moving swiftly on, nervous trading hit the value of all stock on the US stock market. This again was related to COVID in the very early days. Apple shares played a part in the great bounce back on this day. This was the 3rd of March. Apple shares surged 9.3%. And what played a large part in that? Timmy's confidence that COVID is under control. You'll recall him saying he felt that China was getting coronavirus under control. He followed that up with the number of reported infections in the region is, and I quote, coming down day by day by day. Repeating his prediction, it'll all be over shortly. Finger on the pulse there, Timmy. On the same day, Google were facing facts. Unlike Apple, carrying on regardless at this stage of the pandemic, Google I.O. was cancelled. Now, Google I.O. is their in-person conference and it was unceremoniously cancelled. They were reporting that they were going to explore other ways to connect. Makes you wonder what they needed to investigate, since they've had apps and services to facilitate virtual communication for years. They must have just thought they were toys. That's what was so funny about all of this. These companies who've pushed their services for years actually having to use them. And making a right drama out of it at the same time. Oh, we've got a sun setting. Again, the 3rd of March. 3rd of March was a very busy day. 
but RIP replacement engraved iPods. Apple used to provide an option for those to replace their broken engraved iPods with a newly engraved iPod. Now, it had to be shipped direct from China, but at least it was still an option. An option Apple nuked. I wonder if it had anything to do with the ship directly from China option there. Hmm. It seems customer service isn't as important as it once was for Apple. Do note it's only the iPod, though. The flagship iPad still has an engraving option if an engraved iPad is declared dead. That seems an odd story to me because I remember being in Apple, having something supposedly fixed in the Genius Bar, and somebody arrived with a piece of tech that was engraved and they wouldn't give them a replacement in store. Because it was engraved, they had to wait and get one sent to them. So they've completely reversed that. Anyway, despite Timmy's confidence, Apple stores in certain areas of Italy closed on the 4th of March due to COVID. Initially, this was for two days. Stop laughing at the back. Two days. (laughs) Oh, if we'd only known then what we know now. We all know how that ended. It wasn't two days. Twitter decided to join the general hilarity with tweet fleets. Tweets with an expiry date. Not not even kidding. Welcome to the world of fleets. It only had a 24-hour lifespan. At this stage, it was currently in testing and reaction from Twitter users was going to determine its future. Spoiler, it didn't end well. Tweet fleets, another service I didn't use. Oh, now, 7th of March. Magbytes after hours, 66. So very close to breaking the four-hour mark. The show was three hours, 59 minutes and 59 seconds. We were just one second away from reaching the big 4-0 milestone. Don't worry, it happened. But Mark Bites After Hours 67, great title. It's just too peopley out there. By this stage, the impact of Covid was extending the world over. And they, the world over had come to the same conclusion as me. It was far too peopley out there. Although, having said that, by this stage, the UK weren't actually in a lockdown. We were. We had the sense not to go out. But the UK, not fully in a lockdown at that point. Anyway, the 16th of March 2020 was a momentous day here at McBite's headquarters. It was day one of a new five-part series. You know what happened, don't you? That went so well. As predicted, five days? No. We continued until day 500. But we we must have been wearing the same rosy glasses that Timmy was, thinking five days would see it done. Mm. We didn't think the pandemic would be done in five days, but we did think marooned would be. Now, a couple of days after that, and again, fractionally before the UK went into lockdown, Apple clearly didn't get the memo about the global pandemic. It was business as usual at Apple HQ with the announcement of a new iPad Pro with a LiDAR scanner. Also announced was the magic keyboard for iPad Pro. I was convinced you'd buy. I thought before the pandemic and talk of the pandemic, I would probably buy the next iPad Pro. So you're right in that regard. But when they actually announced it, it just felt so icky just completely wrong that they were out of touch with the world situation, that that their bottom line of let's get this out of the door was more important than people dying. But that, that could just be me, obviously. They've still got product timelines to meet, though. 
That's a damning indictment of them, isn't it? <laughs> but moving swiftly along, and I remember this bit. The 23rd of March 2020 and the UK went into lockdown. Yes, Boris finally came to his senses and off we went. A week late and a dollar short as ever. Hey, though, Boris. By this stage, um, we were marooned at MacBytes headquarters. It was day eight. We shared our show with Boris live as he sent us into lockdown. Now, Mike was already in lockdown in the studio because he was in a Catenian meeting. So he would have missed this grandiose news. So there I was texting him the news, which he then had to relay to the people in the meeting because they were having a meeting about whether they were going to be able to have a physical meeting. And obviously the answer to that was no. Oh, March was just fabulous. I look back now and think, oh, how innocent we all were. The innocence of March 2020. Not lost on us. Now, we finished March with a MacBytes After Hours, 69. Amazingly awesome automations. It was all about automation, using Notion and automating Excel. It was a good show that I remember it well. I'm thinking the bulk importers probably made an appearance there as well. See, this is me. I'm not happy just doing stuff. No, I have to automate the doing of the stuff, which initially takes me longer than doing the stuff. But, you know, I console myself that over a period of time, I gain back some of that time. I wonder if I actually do. No, I mustn't track this. It'll only depress me. Well, that's it for this episode of MacBytes, but be sure to join us next time for With 2020 Hindsight, quarter two. As always, we would love to hear from you. So please send your questions, comments and queries by email to the crew at macbytes.co.uk or use the contact form on the website. We also have a very active Slack chat room that's open 24-7. Simply go to macbytes.co.uk slash Slack and join the conversation. You can follow MacBytes on Twitter at twitter.com slash MacBytes. You can follow me personally on Twitter at twitter.com slash Elaine Giles. And you can follow me at twitter.com slash Thomas Mike. And you can follow me at twitter.com slash MacBytesiri. So, until next time, this has been Elaine and Mike bringing you MacBytes. Goodbye. Goodbye, and see you next time. <laughs>